0: Welcome to Biblical Tapestry Season 2, Episode 4, God's Blessing on Daniel. Biblical Tapestry is a podcast where we explore how the Bible is its own commentary and how the Gospel is thoroughly woven from Genesis to Revelation. In this fourth episode in the book of Daniel, we see the blessings that God gives Daniel and his friends for the faithfulness they demonstrated as captives in a pagan land we see that God is the ultimate giver of abilities and gifts to be used for his purposes. All right, let's start in Daniel chapter 1, verse 17. God gave these four young men knowledge and understanding in every kind of literature and wisdom. Daniel also understood visions and dreams of every kind. At the end of the time that the king had said to present them, the chief eunuch presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king interviewed them and among all of them no one was found equal to Daniel Hananiah Mishael and Azariah so they began to attend the king in every matter of wisdom and understanding that the king consulted them about he found them ten times better than all the magicians and mediums in his entire kingdom Daniel remained there until the first year of King Cyrus all right back to verse 17 God gave these four young men knowledge and understanding in every kind of literature and wisdom. Daniel also understood visions and dreams of every kind. Notice first in this verse is that God gave. So all abilities and gifts come from God, the source. In James chapter 1 verse 16, James says, Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. By his own choice, he gave us birth by the word of the truth, so that we would be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. Every good and perfect gift is from God, as God is the only source of good in our lives. God's gifts never foster evil desire or sin. The gifts from God fulfill his will for his people, and God was to use these four young men, especially Daniel, in incredible supernatural ways to demonstrate to his people then and today his sovereignty. Each of these young men were given the gift of keen intellectual ability, but Daniel had something additionally, a gift to understand visions and dreams of every kind. This was highly valued, especially to the Babylonians. Dreams and their interpretation was an important part of Babylonian wisdom as the Babylonians believed that God spoke through dreams. Daniel was gifted with the skills to demonstrate to a narcissistic king and society the sovereignty of God. God used dreams and visions throughout the Bible. Does he still do that today? certainly can we don't want to limit God in any way he wants to communicate his will but the gift of the Holy Spirit to his believers that gives us a direct connection to communicating with our Creator verse 18 at the end of the time that the king had said to present them the chief eunuch presented them to Nebuchadnezzar talk about a nerve-wracking interview if the king was displeased with the progress these young men had made then execution of both them and the chief eunuch Ashpenaz would have most likely been the outcome. The time frame that they were presented to the king was the approximate three-year training period that was given to Ashpenaz in verse 5. So Daniel and the others would be approximately 18 to 19 years old at this time. They would have been presented to the king sometime between 603 and 601 B.C. Verse 19 says the king interviewed them, and among all of them, no one was found equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they began to attend the king. In every matter of wisdom and understanding that the king consulted them about, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and mediums in his entire kingdom. The interview with Nebuchadnezzar went quite well as he found these four young men better than all the others, perhaps even his own counselors in his administration. This was an indication once more of the extraordinary gifts that God had given them. After passing the interview, these young men were placed in service of the king. Not sure of how they would have been measured up to being ten times better, but the king found that these young men were better than those counselors that he used. All in the matters of questions about wisdom and understanding. We do not know the exact responsibilities they were given when they became into the king's service but they were available to give counsel to the babylonian monarch now we have six different expressions of the king's counselors in the book of daniel daniel and his friends were found better than the magicians magician is a rendering of the word in hebrew artum which was the same word describing the magicians at the time of Joseph and of the time of Moses. The word literally means engraver or writer and only secondarily means a diviner or astrologer or a magician. The root of the word meant to cut or scratch, meaning engraving or writing with a stylus. So strictly speaking, the term hartum describes a person who writes on clay tablets. This included meticulously chronicling all the religious activity of the day, including the movement of the stars and planets, in order to gain some wisdom from them. Today's magicians are commonly people who perform magic acts and tricks, but the Babylonian magicians performed serious functions and became the advisors to the king of just about every matter, including rites and spells, as they were supposed to be in touch with, with the world of spirits and gods. We also know that omens were studied to determine the future, and astrology was an important part of that activity. Techniques to do this included actually examining a sheep's liver. We see that in Ezekiel chapter 21, verse 21, for the king of Babylon stands at the split in the road, at the fork of two roads, to practice divination. He shakes the arrows, consults the idols, observes the liver we know through scripture that sorcery of any kind is demonic and condemned as were the practices that accompanied these activities we see in Leviticus chapter 19 verse 26 you're not to eat anything with blood in it you're not to practice divination or witchcraft you're not to cut off the hair at the sides of your head or mar the edge of your beard You are not to make gashes on your bodies for the dead or put tattoo marks on yourselves. I am the Lord. These are all practices or activities associated with divination and witchcraft. The mediums mentioned in verse 20 is sometimes translated as enchanter or astrologer or conjurer. It is a translation of the Hebrew word asap meaning conjurer or necromancer. The Hebrew word is a derivative of the Akkadian word. And remember, Akkadian was a language that the Babylonians spoke. But the Akkadian word was Asipu, meaning an incantation priest. These mediums, as translated in the Christian Standard Bible, were considered to be able to communicate with the spirit world. These are all still popular pagan practices today and still very much condemned by God's word. We are assured even as these young men were conscripted into the king's service, they were not engaged in occult practices. If they were willing to risk their lives to not even eat the king's food, certainly they would not have been engaged in these occult purposes. Verse 21 says, Daniel remained there until the first year of King Cyrus. So Daniel was blessed not only with spiritual gifts, but a long life. He probably lived to be 85 to 90 years old plus. Some think that this verse indicates that Daniel died in the first year of King Cyrus of Persia, but the word remained implies that Daniel lived throughout the entire Neo-Babylonian period and the period of exile of Israelites from Israel. We know that the Jews were released from captivity by Cyrus. As we conclude chapter 1, we'll see a reminder that serving God produces some great dividends. And then we start to look at chapter 2, we see the amazing gifts that God has given Daniel and how the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had encountered provides the history of the world through four successive Gentile empires, starting with the Babylonian Empire. During the final phase of the fourth empire, all earthly dominions will be destroyed and the kingdom of God that will rule forever will be established. So let's start with the first three verses of chapter two. In the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams that troubled him, and sleep deserted him. So the king gave orders to summon the magicians, mediums, sorcerers, and Chaldeans to tell the king his dreams. When they came and stood before the king, he said to them, I have had a dream, and I am anxious to understand it. Nebuchadnezzar had this dream in his second year, which would have extended from March April timeframe of 603 B.C. to 602 B.C. This has caused some issues with interpreters as the question comes up if Daniel had finished his three-year training period by this time. Well, if he used the ascension year as year one that Nebuchadnezzar came to the throne, then this is not an issue as that was in 605 B.C. and about the same time as Daniel was taken captive and a full three years has passed and Hebrew timing includes any part of a year as a full year. At this time, Daniel was a young man and still a teenager, and he was not a white-bearded prophet, as some might imagine. Nebuchadnezzar's dream had disturbed him, and his sleep was very much disrupted, and he could not sleep any further. This was perhaps a nightmare to Nebuchadnezzar that robbed him of his sleep. God was behind this dream, and the king also recognized it as being important. Again, the ancient Babylonians believed that dreams were messages from the gods, so a correct understanding of this disturbing dream was imperative to the king. It seems that Nebuchadnezzar was disturbed because he feared that this dream contained an ominous message for him. All right, verses 2 and 3. So the king gave orders to summon the magicians, mediums, sorcerers, and Chaldeans to tell the king his dreams. And when they came and stood before the king, he said to them, I have had a dream, and I am anxious to understand it. Magicians and mediums we have discussed. Sorcerers is a rendering of the Hebrew word mekasepim, perhaps the religious group from the Akkadian text known as kashapu. This means to practice sorcery Or witchcraft. Again, this sorcery was severely denounced in scripture. Then we have the Chaldeans or astrologers. It is a translation of the Hebrew word Kazdim, rendered as Chaldean, which could ethnically mean any Babylonian, or could be used in a restricted sense, meaning a class of people being priests, astrologers, magicians, soothsayers, or wise men all wrapped into one. Astrology today is still practice, but to observe movements of stars and planets made up of rock, dirt, and fire to determine your destiny seems to be nonsensical. However, the Chaldeans were very keenly aware of all the activity in the sky and marked the movements in amazing detail. This is amazing today in a scientific manner because of the accurate records they kept. The Babylonian astronomer, Nabu Remanu was able to calculate the length of a year at 365 days, six hours, 15 minutes and 41 seconds. Well, he was 26 minutes and 55 seconds off, but pretty close. So everyone who was called in at this point to help the king with his disturbing dream. We will see, regardless of the knowledge and wisdom of all the normal counselors of the king they would encounter significant issues with interpreting the king's dream because of the king's impossible demand. I surely hope you enjoy this Season 2 study in the book of Daniel. Next, Episode 5, we will get into Chapter 2 and look at the dream the king had and his impossible demand. God bless you, and we'll see you next episode.